0: Welcome to episode 18 of the Travelling Wellness Show. Let me start by saying to all the ladies in the audience that today's episode has very little to do with surfing, you'll be pleased to know. But it's possibly one of the most thought-provoking episodes I've done and with content that was completely unexpected. Surfing has simply offered today's guest a deeper connection and a series of unparalleled life perspectives that only Mother Nature could possibly serve up. Shane Horan is a true innovator, visionary and public activist who has used his voice and public position to help make the world a better place to be. His story will inspire you and may just lead you to the water for answers. I love this bloke and I'm so pleased to introduce you to a true soul surfer. We all have things to learn from Shane Horan. You are listening to Caravan Conversations with Shannon Brenton. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. Caravan Conversations is proudly produced by PSE Supplements and explores general health, nutrition and lifestyle with one of Australia's most experienced clinicians. Now, let's get into the show. Hey guys and welcome to another episode of Travelling Wellness Show. I'm Shannon Brenton, your host and owner of PSC Supplements. And today I'm sitting in the lounge room of the 1978, 1979, 81 and 82 runner-up world champion surfer, Mr. Shane Horan. Or Shane Horan, I should say. I think everyone says Horan that I've heard of. Well, it doesn't
1: matter. Uh, You know... My father actually used to use um, Horan, Her, uh, but our family name's Horan.
0: He's Horan, excellent. Yeah. Well, uh, anyone that's lived on the Australian coastline and is over the age of, I'd say, probably about 37, should know of who Shane Horan is. He was described by, uh, by many as one of the most innovative surfers of his time. And uh, I don't know if you know this, Shane, but um, someone we know in common told me that um, Mr. Kelly Slater, or King Kelly, obviously, as he's known, actually um, rates you as one of the most innovative guys, not just of your time, but of time, wow. which is pretty cool of someone of such a high esteem, right?
1: Yeah, that's nice. Nice of him to say that.
0: Really nice. So um, tell us a bit, Shane, about your life, mate. You um, got on a surfboard at 11 years of age, and five years later, you're a pro. How's that yeah.
1: work? <laughs> uh, well, I grew up in the streets of Sydney, and I uh, used to love skateboarding and, and ice skating and all sports. Yeah. Um, I, at school, I played uh, rugby union, rugby league, um, soccer, and I played ice hockey on Sunday night. So I was training every day and plus surfing. So, And growing up, we used to live right on the beach. So um, when I woke up in the morning, the first thing I saw were waves. Yeah. and Pretty easy
0: to get pumped, right?
1: Uh, it just made... It, to have that upbringing and just be grow up with uh, on the on the beach, and uh, you know, it's just um, really different to everybody else because the coastline's the edge of Australia, mm. you know, and everybody basically in Australia has grown up inland. Yeah. Whereas I grew up on the sand, and it's a whole other world there. Like every time you jump into the water, it's like you're jumping off the planet.
0: Yeah. It's true isn't it yeah absolutely hey you, you were the 78 79 81 and 82 runner-up yep. now you know I'm an avid um, surf follower as you know and um you know I've seen you know what Kelly lose to Andy I've seen Mick lose to Joel and people don't handle those sorts of losses very well so talk about always the bridesmaid never the bride how the fuck did you handle four you know almost consecutive runner-ups over those years right.
1: um yeah it was tough I reckon um A lot of it, uh, I kind of took it in my stride at the time um, and always just trying to get better and better at any sort of thing I could, Mm -hmm. you know, equipment, fitness, health, surfing. Um, I was always looking for an edge to get better. Yep. Um, But there's a lot that happened during that. Like, you know, the, the way they have the tour, like I felt ripped off a lot in that, you know. And from, from,
0: like, a judging perspective? Oh,
1: definitely. Yep. You know, like, um, I was surfing against a guy who was actually sponsored by the judges. <laughs> that
0: seems fair. Well, you <laughs> laugh at it now. They
1: don't allow it now. Yeah. You know, and had, and the results that I used to get, I was sure I'd won and then lost. So, yeah. there was that going on, and and, you know, I didn't really know much about the sport at the time, but... Then a guys come up to me one day when he, he there was a, a an insurance company wanted going to get involved in surfing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and there was a, he sponsored all the Hawaiian guys over to a contest, and it was really becoming like really uh, professional. And then there was a heat with with the guy that that you know was sponsored by the the judges, mm-hmm. and um, he one of his guys actually beat the guy, but they gave it to the other guy. And the guy came up to me later and I said, oh, you know, it's good. I was talking to him like, it's great, you're involved in the sport. You know, couldn't could make a big change to the sport. And he came up to me and said, I'm not getting involved in this sport, it's rigged. Really? And I went... This is the guy that beat you? No, this is the good, the sponsor. Oh, the sponsor, Ah. Oh. You know, and he goes... And I said, what do you mean by that? And he goes, well, you know, all the judges up there are all lightning bolt judges. And I went, well... And then that's when the penny dropped Mm. you know I didn't I would just rolled along with it for years and years and years and just kind of thought you know I can win this I can do this but you know after I spoke to that guy I had no chance.
0: Putting things in perspective as well mate you got beaten by you know not just you know Rapid Bartholomew one of the best of course but you know the great Mark Richards who was you know anyone will put him up there in that surfing hall of fame as, you know, one of the best ever. So, you know, hardly, um, you know, hardly bad losses at the end of the day, I'm I'm sure you'd say, but tell me, uh, tell me Shane, you know, Trax magazine's quoted you as being, you know, this flamboyant, you know, um, you know, outspoken kind of guy. And uh, I saw a quote, in a in a magazine, you know, quote unquote from you saying, you know, I'm not interested in doing things the way others do it. I want to be innovative. You yeah. Know? So tell us about that mindset because, you know, like it's so much easier just to do shit the way it's been done, right? It's yeah. so much easier to not come up against, you know, um, social reform and, and the like and, and change things. But you were that guy, you were that early guy who was riding strange shaped surfboards and, you know, strange fin setups and... All the stuff we see of Kelly Slater in, in, in today's day and age. So tell us about those times.
1: Uh, I think a lot of that comes down to one time I saw this thing about, you know, making footprints in the in the sand. Mm. And it was about um, not treading the path of somebody else. And And to me, that really kind of ingrained in my nature about not following... You know what everybody else has done. Yeah. You know to be original. Yes. And to to have that freshness and that excitement of freedom mm. of expression, and so with with uh, being innovative, it was always like I would look at nature in a different way. I'd look at birds the way they flew, fish the way they swim. And that's where I got my motivations and my designs. Mm, interesting. And that's where everything evolved from. How freaky.
0: That, yeah, freaky. That sort of always reminds me of martial arts, you know, with like animal moves and things that have moved into certain kicks and defensive techniques. So, sure,
1: like the pray manus and all those things. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And that's that's really where it came from. And, and then the, the surfing, because I started – I was really one of the first surfer skater that was – There was a lot of surfer skaters, but there wasn't anybody that was doing well in competition. Mm. And when I used to surf, I would surf like I was skating. Yeah, that
0: free flow kind of...
1: Trying to get lip grinds, trying to get airs, (laughs) you know. And surfing was into this... At the time when I was trying to do this, surfing was going across, doing style, you know, everything was quite predictable. Yeah. It was a bottom turn with a snap.
0: Speed, and, power and flow, as they say.
1: Well, it was like that. It was a very predictable style of surfing. And so, you know, being... Like, going into the thing about being innovative. So then, with my surfing, like, I surfed like a skater. But also, when I watched people drop down and do a bottom turn, so they'd drop to the bottom wave and go to the top. Mm. So I'd try and go to the top. And when... When you saw everybody that was surfing that would go from the bottom to the top well i 'd go from the top to the bottom at yep. the same time yeah so that's where I started to innovate and come at, ride the wave in a different way to everybody mm. and that was my approach yep so that's, <coughs> I came up with some maneuvers like the floater uh, you know like I was f- one of the first guys ever to do aerials yep uh, just to, just all uh, from, from, skateboarding. From, from skateboarding, but also approaching the wave in a unique wave. Yeah. So, you know, the same as in life. then you, you, with surfing, I realized that it's very – everything you do in life is relative. So if I'm in a wave and I'm trying to, to experience it in a different way, I'm also in life – Trying to experience it in a different way. It's the flow on. Yeah. yeah, and I used to say to kids and stuff, like, as they're, you know, I watched it, um, uh, you know, like, good, for instance, I used to tell guys, don't use Allegra, you know, and you do whatever you like. I mean, it means nothing to me in my life. Mm. You know, I'm just trying to help kids understand. The way that they're approaching their lifestyle and and their life and i'd say look you know it's not good to use a leg rope because you think that you can fall off and make mistakes and life's not like that you can't just roll along in life and make mistakes because if you're rolling along and everything's like that you just can make mistakes you'll continually go through life making mistakes yeah whereas I made. I surf without leg ropes, and I felt that through time. Sure, you're making mistakes, but Bet you can swim making well. Making <laughs> way, <laughs> <a> great swimmer. <laughs> no, well, I get your drift, uh, but mate. But what it is is that I didn't make mistakes. I made things. I'd go for radical stuff and make it mm. because the consequences of it were I'd have to swim in if I didn't make it. Yeah. Whereas the, you can't see the consequences in life if you make mistakes in life. You don't really see the consequences so much. Sometimes you do, you know, and sometimes they're big consequences. You make these mistakes just flamboyantly going through life. So that's how I sort of related surfing is that you can relate surfing to anything else in life if you want to, if you look hard enough and you look at it, you go, well, that's just the same as work. It's the same as, you know, like the ocean. Another thing with the ocean is sometimes... You're out in the ocean, and the ocean's small, mm. right? And you can't go out in the, in the ocean when it's two foot and ride a 50-foot wave, mm. right? So in life, life it, it is a rhythm, you know, a natural rhythm. Waves are visual. You can see them. In life, we have these rhythms that can't be seen. They're feelings. You know, you feel happy. You feel sad. You feel happy. You feel sad. You feel... You have all these... Life rhythms, you feel energetic, tired, energetic, tired. So we have all these natural... Nothing, nothing nath-
0: static, you're saying.
1: Yeah, there's nothing you can actually... You can't see it, mm. right? But there's these natural rhythms. And, but with the ocean, you can see that it's not 50 foot. You can't catch a 50 foot wave or, and it's only two foot. So with life, if you're trying to do something in life and it's not happening because it's not there... Right, then you have to wait for the opportunity, at the right time. When there's a fifty foot wave and it's there, you can do it. Hmm. But when it's not there, you can't. So in life I learnt to go with the rhythm of life. and if it wasn't happening, it's not happening. But it can doesn't mean it's not never gonna happen. It means it still can happen, but it's just not right now. And when it is happening, you know, get in there and diligently get stuck into it.
0: It's an amazing perspective, particularly, I don't want to say from a surfer because you know I'm a fan, but um, you know, I know that uh, certainly in, in, um, in Eastern and, and even spiritual philosophy, they talk about um, allowance and resistance and the fact that we, we want to get ourselves into a position of you know, flow, as it's deemed, to allow things to occur in our life. And so what you're saying to me is that the principles and philosophy of flow from you – that were applied to surfing uh, in an early aspect of your life, something that you could apply to the rest of your life with success. Yeah. Mm.
1: And with, yeah. And and understand it, you know, and it was, that's been great for me. And these things that come to you from just surfing, but you know, you're out in the water and you're sitting there for long periods of time when you surf. Mm. So you have a lot of time to think. Yep. Heaps of time. And with all that, then you, you know, you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh yeah, there's no waves. And, you know, there's nothing. Then what about these times when there's nothing happening in, in life where, where I would have struggled in life if I thought, oh, I've got to get this done. I want this to happen. It's not, you know, mm. it's going to happen tomorrow. I'm going to do it. And, bang. and you get up tomorrow, it doesn't happen. Yeah. And if, if things don't happen in my life as they happen, as I want them to happen, like I go, oh, yeah, wish that happened, I can go with the flow of it and let it go and yeah. be able to say, oh, yeah, that's, you know, it's not the flow.
0: I don't know if you know how deep that is philosophically, which is awesome. (laughs) And I'm glad you went there because, you know...
1: Well, I understand your programs for people. This is not about a surfing program. This is people that want to get some yeah, kind life of skills some and lessons something that's you know not actually relative to surfing but it's relative to life
0: that's right absolutely so let's talk about um let's take the innovation to the next level and this i think this is also an extremely important aspect looking at it from life because you know back in um 1984 something quite auspicious happened certainly in australian world and that was the um the winning of the America's Cup by the Australia 2 boat, which was pioneered by the um, developer, Ben Lexon who designed the uh, wing-keel fin that was obviously uh, attributed to the win of that of that boat. So we've got a, a relatively young, like you would have been, what, tw- you know, tw- early 20s or yeah, something tw- then? Yeah, that's right. I'd imagine, you know, yeah. and um, Ben Lexon's a fan. You're a fan of his and, and of his work, and you get the balls somehow to contact this man, and say, hey, Ben, I want to put these things on a surfboard. Yeah. Tell us about that. That's freaky.
1: Yeah, well, a friend of mine rang him up and just said, you know, explained who I was and and then that I'd like to meet him and stuff. And he said, yeah, sure. So we, we set up a meeting. And then after meeting him, he he just was so stoked on surfing. Like his name was actually Bob Miller in the beginning. Yeah. And he was a surfboard shaper. Mm, wow. So that kind of – because, you know, there's – D- different sailboat and surfing. I definitely got different, you know, they, they run on wind and they run on this and that. Yep. So, um, you know, talking to him and he taught me so many things about hydrodynamics and he was the first guy to ever say to me hydrodynamics and then, you know, in surfing they use it all the time now. Yeah. But he was the very first guy to use the words hydrodynamics and he... His designs were so futuristic, and he, um, the 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 wing keel that they won the America's Cup on. America's Cup, they'd lo- lost the the America's Cup was. Um, America had dominated the sport for over fifty years. No <laughs> one had ever won it. Wow! Right, and him and Alan Bond and a whole bunch of guys, um, Bertram, they all got together and they devised a plan build a new boat, and go, you know, have the best of Australia's watermen, and they went away, and they won the, the race, and what happened in that race, it was amazing, they had, they were in the race, and every race, something broke, <laughs> you know, it was equipment failure for the, and it was flipping me out, I was just like, going, like, I knew the boat was faster, it'd be winning, and all of a sudden, the, the mast would break, yeah. or something, How frustrating, and so it came down to three nil to America, three one or something, and it, it was, so first one to four or something, and it, the Australians pulled it back to three all. And then on the morning of the race, the race for us was like two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, and I hardly ever use an alarm. And got oh, the race on tomorrow morning, and I'm laying in bed, and I, and I, all of a sudden bang, I open my eyes, I look at the clock, it's three o'clock in the morning, race is on. Yeah. Come out, watch the race. And there's no wind in this race, and Australia's like a minute ahead, and I'm, and then you can see the, the 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 mast wobbling, and you can see just little things that could go wrong. Yep. And we're coming. And you're in, waiting for oh, it. Oh. <laughs> and we've already had it go wrong so yeah. many times. Like, you know, it's got a new mast. You know, all these things are in the that have been fixed up on the boat that can still break again. And uh, anyway, so. We get across the line, we win the race, and it's, they've been hiding the keel for the whole race. And finally, you know, they reveal the keel and it's a, it's a wing keel. And I thought, Just
0: explain that for our audience. They've got no the, idea what we're talking a, a about. The wing
1: keel is like it's a, it was a, a straight down fin that split at the end and, it, and it's like a V at the end of the fin. And what it did, it gave the boat lift. If you look at all the boats that they use today in the America's Cup, Yep. They're all off that design. Yep. Everything the, the sail that they use today is off the America's Cup. It's a Ben Lexon design. Mm. They are using exactly the same shape that Ben Lexon created. Uh, so the once he'd won, once they'd won that, and he got back to Australia, I just that's when we got together. It was after that, and then when I. I uh, went to him with my surfboards and everything then then he designed my surfboards and then he designed my fin and I've been using his designs ever since.
0: And the fin's one of the major technological advancements in surfing, right? Do you know what I mean? Like, I think back until you know, 1935, the fin was designed. It was some bloke that decided he might like to turn yeah. <laughs> rather than just ride a wave, you know? Yeah. And there's been, like, significant advancements and, like, two major players in the game these days, but still no one with this Ben Lexon design that you've got.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it. still think it's the fastest fin. Yeah. You know, there's lots of fins around that they use in surfing, but... Yeah, and, and co- go, you, know, you could turn around and say, well, why aren't they all using it in competition? Yeah. Because competition isn't about technology. Mm. It's about a, a routine on a wave and catching the best waves and, and things like that, where the wing keel and that is about racing. It's mm. about going fast. Yes. And the keel is fast.
0: I bet is that, is that similar to that thing that um, Led Hamilton was using? You know that very similar, similar, yeah. Because yeah, when was freaky, when that you're thing.
1: lifting up out of the water, you've got less wetted surface, so you're able to go quicker.
0: Yeah, and ride waves obviously that are you know, too fast for <coughs> for normal surfboards, right?
1: Yeah, well, you're going fast, you know, and you're just doing different different turns. Yeah. You know, you're going so you know in uh, and what you know competition is really about. They judge one person against the other, and if one guy 's going fast they 're not judging the speed that they 're going no it 's of course they 're judging the, the the radicalness of the maneuvers and you know how critical you get
0: absolutely so which t- these
1: boards still get critical, but they 're really about the speed.
0: Tell me about the um, the move from you from you know um, normal contest surfing, which is you know just you know I, I, there was no dream tour back then, right, so you 're kind of surfing you know, good waves, but not the sort of waves they 're surfing these days and you're, you, you get yourself away from competition and decide to go into big wave surfing that 's something that 's always um, intrigued me from a from a mindset and belief perspective because um, I know you won Waimea one year and you know you 've done some like big things in big waves H- How does one go from surfing two foot slop you know that narrow bean at a comp to taking out Waimea in twenty five, thirty foot waves.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a different mindset because you've got to totally. build up to that, right? You can't just you, paddle out to it. That's you, right. You're gonna die. If you like, for me, big waves is always. I always love big waves and love the thrill of paddling out and, and, and surfing giant surf and you know. And I had some great teachers along the way. Like I think Kanga can sort of really pushed me as a kid. Mm. Like he made me surf the waves that were that big that I thought oh, I'm not ready for this mm. you know but he made me go out and I realized once I'd gone out I came in I was okay but you didn't die in other words I didn't die <laughs> you know so I thought well you know and you so push that from that, that well from that time he'd made me cross over that line that that where you'd feel like you didn't want to go out but I still went out yeah and some people never cross that line yeah they feel like I uh, no, nah, it's too big for me. I'm not going out there.
0: Well, I know Julian Wilson was one of those guys. You know, he took a year off the tour at one point just to go and surf big waves because it was sort of you know, not to his liking originally.
1: And you have yeah. to, you have to. There is a learning curve there. Mm. And uh, like what you're talking about, like I used to think big waves were big waves, and we, we'd go over to Hawaii and we'd surf for like a month and then come back and I thought that was a season hmm. and then I went over to Hawaii <laughs> and I stayed the whole season and yeah. it wasn't a month long season just it was a 6 month season yeah yeah and as the season goes on it gets bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger till it's just gigantic hmm. when we get there we're lucky to see a gigantic swell yep we'll see a big swell but you don't there's a certain, certain time of the year when the tour actually comes and leaves when the, when Hawaii gets Turns giant on, in yeah. the january february months yeah. the tour would be gone in december so that was a whole another world for me and when when I, from once i found that world i never left it mm. i just stayed in hawaii for every year i, I end up renting a house in hawaii and, and just surfing giant so if i used to have a house that as soon as the surf got over 15 feet or what you, what's that five meters or whatever um my house would shake <laughs> so I wake up I'd no, wake up in the night, night at one o 'clock, and I'd, the house would be shaking i go, "Oh great, you yeah. know tomorrow's going to be fantastic yeah yeah and when you 're surfing giant surf there 's you know you can 't just go from surfing two foot surf and all of a sudden surf a hundred foot surf yep. it just doesn 't work like that if you did and you had a wipe out at that size, you would die and there 's lots of guys who have died who have gone from surfing their home beach breaks, yep. not done the training and, and had the stepping stones in Hawaii yep. and their other places, Peru and Mexico and all these other big wave spots, and they've died. And I know that some of these guys would have had a wipeout and been thrown so deep, right? And where they used to be in it like Bondi or something and swim... Three or four strokes to the top. To
0: the top. Yeah, they're swimming 20 strokes to the top.
1: You're talking <laughs> 35 and 50 strokes. Wow. So when they're getting to 15 strokes and they're thinking, I'm not on the top yet, they and they're going panic. again and they're panicking and now they're going and they can't see light, now yeah. they're thinking, am I swimming to the top or am I swimming to the bottom? Mm. So then there's a panic and then there's a stoppage and now they're underwater, I could be going the wrong way. They may even turn under the water and start swimming the other way, thinking it's the other way. Because mm. sometimes when it's black under there, it's black.
0: That's amazing. And there's not much oxygen down there either, is there's there? There's nothing. Mm-hmm. And a big wipeout can just <laughs>
1: push well, that
0: oxygen out of you.
1: When you're having a big wipeout, you're riding along a wave. You only get to go, <laughs> you only get like a second, a a second to home. take in some air. Yep. So you, your whole mindset is, you know, my mindset was, I will not breathe. Until my head gets above the water, no matter what my mind says. And how does one train that into themselves? You just from practice, from like you practice in pools, you practice in wave. I used to actually swim out at Wyomere and swim to the very bottom, and then swim to the top and count the, the strokes to the top. So I knew it was like thirty-five 30 yep. strokes to the top. Yeah. When you wipe out in a big wave. With experience, you know that you're now counting your strokes. Mm -hmm. So you know I'm 35, 40, I'm getting near the top now. Mm -hmm. So you're counting. Guys who don't have that experience and jump in, they're the guys that get the 20s. They're just stroking for their lives. And then they go, and they're using all their oxygen. And, uh, you know, that's how they they cackle. But, you know, I've been in situations in giant surf where I should have died as well. I've had, I've had those situations. How does work. that change
0: one's life, life perspective? You know, you come in from the beach, you should have died. You know, someone that has died. You know, what what changes from that point forward?
1: Um, it's got to be a lesson, right? Well, you get wisdom out of it. Mm. You realise that you did make it again. And you learn from it. Like, uh, you know, there's all lessons. Like, for instance, you know, like, if you take off on the first wave of a set that's got seven waves in it, <laughs> and you, six waves on the head, <laughs> and you fall on the first one, yeah, you can die. You will die. Yeah, right. Yeah, in a certain situation when the waves are really on, and you, you like now they've got life jackets, they've got people coming in and saving them. Yeah. So the chance of death is a lot less now than it was when we were doing. It. We had we were out in situations. We were out in waves. So far out to sea, no one even knew I was out there. Mm. I was out there alone. There's something chasing there's something
0: it. about that fear of death, though, or something about that conquering that is, it just drives the will, doesn't it? You know, like I grew up in Evoca down the central coast with the likes of, you know, like uh, Ross Clark Jones and Mark Sainsbury and Shane Powell and these sorts of guys. And I look at someone like Ross these days who, you know, we know what he does with uh, Tom Carroll and the like. They go out there and still chase bombs. Mm. You know, and there's really not a lot to be gained anymore. Having yeah. having already surfed the bombs, yeah. yet they still put themselves, you know, on that on that edge. You know, it's it must be a personality thing. I'm, I'm imagining.
1: Well, there's a rush in there. You know, while you're surfing big waves, you, it exhilarates you. Yeah, and it makes you use everything you've got. Mm. Uh, you know, like I yeah, there's. Uh, that that's the part that they're getting off on, and, and you know they they want to they they're chasing the um, the rush, but like I was saying, with the experiences, you're learning those experiences, then you learn the right times to go and the right waves to go, yep. and what's a uh, death situation? Because you've been there, so you, you're not going to put yourself in a life and death situation you're going to be smarter the next time. Mm. So those times that I had those, there was probably four times, they taught me more than anything, which kept me away from the life and death situation. Yeah. Still riding giant waves as big as they ever get.
0: Calculated risk. Calculated risk. Like everything, isn't it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, but when you don't know, there's no calculation. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly right. Now, outside of your you know, obvious um, you know, uh, life lessons and goals and you know, acquired privileges in surfing, um, you were very well known also for pushing, you know, the political landscape and, 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 and being ahead of your times generally. So, you know, talk to me about some of these political things. You know, um, you know I know that you were one of the people that was out there pushing for like solar power and, yeah. you know, tell me about those days because that's, you know, not un, that's, I, I guess not
1: normal yeah. a, of
0: a young blonde surfer that should just be out there riding waves and chasing tail.
1: Well, people didn't even know what solar energy was. Yep. They had no idea. And like all those, you're touching on a few areas where, you know, no one knew and had to educate the world, not only Australia, but the world didn't know about solar. Mm. The world doesn't know about freedom for the people and taking care of the people. It's all about, you know, dollars, um, and, cents. dollars and cents and yep. looking after the top and not the bottom. Yeah. Um, so it was about you know, you know there are people at the bottom and they've got to be looked after every pl- body on the planet's got to be looked after so with solar and it's still not done today the same where I was where I'm at with solar but I am really happy today like I got solar on my house but I at those days, I went to big companies and I said, "Look guys, you should be investing in solar it's it's For your kids, your grandkids—it's for the generations ahead that you're taking care of—and they just said to me, "There's no money in solar," and they went on their way. They lacked
0: vision, didn't they? Well, (laughs)
1: they—they're just chasing the mighty dollar. Yeah, they're not looking after the whole of our society, our planet. Mm. They don't care. Mm. So they're uncaring people, you know. Whereas I was a caring person. I cared about what was going on. And I had this I my friend had the a- actual idea, and he was the guy who turned me on to solar. But he had this idea that you build your house, it runs by solar, and there's a computer inside, and you, your house is layered. So the bottom layers are food. And then that is all run by computer, like the, the computer turns on the water, it turns on the sunlight. So your house is fully auto- autonomous. Mm-hmm so you would feed your whole family and the other thing that that I was strongly advocating was that you, so many people were and still happens today but they're starting to hear it a bit today is that you're born into things hmm. so some people are born into be able to use the highest technology but somebody who's really good at it could be this kid who's starving him is in Ethiopia and he could be the one yeah. that should be using that technology. Where well, you've got some guy who's using the technology that has no, it's only taking it 10%, where this kid from Ethiopia who's been born over here doesn't have access to it. So it's making those connections, being able to give people the, um, the access to whatever they need in life to be free and it's you know that person over there might have been better off being connected to yoga or Mm. you know connected to something else so it's those misconnections and those things that need to be fixed up in life and and then I saw the the part of life that there's not enough jobs in this world for everybody Mm. so the guys that aren't working you know and they and then they put them they tread on them and push them down and there's no work for them anyway. The planet, the way it's set up and the system that's in place doesn't allow enough work for everybody. So with the solar autonomous shelter, if they were starving, all right, instead of then all these shelters around that create food and and housing, so then the world doesn't have to go to work. Mm. So you set up all these things these solar shelters all around the place. So as long as you're fed, you're housed, you can live freely. And I just saw it that as a pro surfer, it was such a great lifestyle to surf. And I thought, why not everybody being able to do what they want? They don't have to surf. They might just play music. Mm. They might write books. Do what you love, though. Do what they love. And and they're fed and housed and the whole world – and if it's set up properly So that it doesn't break Then we could set the world up To, to run for the rest of time
0: I find it interesting how many um, i just use surface as an example There are other um, people you know, in In different sports but I'm interested about how many surfers these days are into sustainability, you know? Um, yeah. Obviously, um, for me, it's their, their soul, spiritual connection to the earth, you know? They, they have this relationship with the environment that just becomes so conducive to their life that I guess they look at the world around them and realize what others are missing you know, um, and, you know, you were obviously a visionary for your time looking at that same thing, but um, it seems like it's advancing now amongst other people that really, because, you know, back when you were in the game, and I know you've won some cash in surfing and, you know, a couple of good pots there, but... You know, with players like Nike in the sport now, there's money in the sport, you know? And I know Kelly's trying hard to push it as an Olympic sport, and it's getting to that point where people can live a a very, very good income off surfing. So these boys with this money now don't necessarily need or want for anything else, and they're sort of driving. Now, look at Kelly, walked away from his Quicksilver sponsorship, which was enormous, and he's out there doing his own thing now and, you know, and sustainable clothing and, you know, wave pool. So everyone can surf, you know, and all this cool shit, which is, which is pretty amazing. So getting onto that visionary aspect for yourself, um, you know, what a lot of people won't know about you, and certainly makes you relevant for my show in that sort of health, you know, nutrition and wellness space, is you know you were a, a very very well known macrobiotic um, vegetarian, right? Yeah. You know? um, and we'll get into macrobiotics in a moment, but you know it's you, you're looking at you know uh, something that not a lot of people know about, but you're into into you know, eating right and, and into astrology and into yoga and all this flex like back in the day, and people were putting bungers out on the sand and going for a surf, you yeah. know, and Shane's living <laughs> in male only communes and doing yoga like what the fuck (laughs) where did all this come from
1: yeah well a lot of uh like what you're talking about there and like um you know it wasn't a commune but uh what it was it's a fourth way it's the fourth way and well when you know one one dimension is you know a line two dimension you get a shape Mm -hmm. three dimension you've got a solid yeah the fourth dimension is the spirit. So we were a, a, just a group of guys from Bondi and we were working on the spirit and we thought if we can work it out amongst ourselves, then the world had a chance of working. Tell me you worked
0: it out, Shane. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> we did in our own way, Yeah. you know, and it was pretty cool. We sort <coughs> of, you know, like we were able to operate and do as we wanted, be as free as we wanted to be mm. and... Uh, you know, operate around and, you know, be able to solve issues, you know, in, in the house. You know, you're living with four strong males. So conflict, yeah. Yeah, you got conflict, you got, you know, you need motivation, you need wellness, fitness. The, you know, we, we were fit, we'd work out all the time together. Yeah. Um, you know, there was only a couple of us surfed in there. Bike rider. One guy was meditating all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a t- all our differences. We were, were very different. No, we were very alpha people. Yep. And um, so a lot of stuff come from that. Like a lot of knowledge, a lot of understanding about, you know, because we were on a different plane, completely different plane to, you know, going to work nine to five, being told what to do, mm. um, you know, we were into making ourselves uh, vibrate on a high level, which involved macrobiotics, mm-hmm. yoga. It meant the cleaning of the soul, cleaning of the mind, cleaning of the spirit, and it come down to when you are cleaning that and and nurturing that. It comes down to if you if you are like the macrobiotic diet, for people who don't know, is the cleanest diet. It's got no preservatives, no additives. It's the highest diet on the planet. It was developed by the Japanese 5,000 years ago. Yeah. Or 500 years ago, or whatever. And it's all the right amount of food, the clean food, and it's all on different levels. And the macrobiotic diet is the number one diet on the planet. That's my mum calling. I'll just be a second. <laughs> hey, mum! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Willie, what are you doing, mate? Just on a board, uh yellow all over, and Bill's bought your brothers, and that was LA. Shane's on the phone, everyone. Yeah. All yellow all over. All yellow, yellow with the GT stripe, my brothers. Yeah. Now, the GT stripes? Yep, black. Are they just on, on the deck or right around the deck? They're all the way around. They're all the way around, and they are um, on the left side of the board.
0: Okay, yep.
1: You got it? And just
0: leave it up to me for the thicknesses?
1: Yep, all you. Yeah. okay. So left, from, um, left as in looking from the nose or the tail? Looking from the tail. Okay, sweet. Yep, no worries. Right on, mate. And, and, and what would you say, just on the deck? On the deck and the bottom. Okay, going right around the GT stripes. Yep. Yep, sweet. Okay, aloha, mate.
0: So that, that phone call couldn't have waited, could it, Shane?
1: No way. <laughs> that would have got out of the flow of Willie's spraying flow. and oh, Willie's an artist. You keep him in the groove. The life of a surfer. You keep him well and truly love in it. the groove.
0: So, mate, you were talking about the macro body diet and, and how it was influential for you as to far cleaning as... cleaning your spirit and everything. Yeah, like so a, by
1: cleaning your body, by eating pure... It purified your mind and your soul,
0: and it's essentially a uh, a vibrational ascension, correct? It's exactly, about and, vibrating on a different frequency,
1: and that allowed you to th- think freely. Yes, because by eating mass mind food like McDonald's and sugar and bread and preservatives and what you are force fed by society, that also breaks down your mind, and it, it they control you with that you may say oh yeah no way i'm a free-thinking person and but if you're reading that thing and the tv and all that stuff it it conditions you of course and it makes you you become part of the mass mind and and they go we've got to go to war we've got to build bombs we've got to kill people (laughs) and you're they put the fear of life through you and they they make you think that society can't live without an army and you know, and instead of putting the, the, the money from armies into food and, and people who are starving, they start wars to fix up the money economy, which t- again turns around and takes care of the top echelon of, of the world. Yep. And they make more money and people die and starve and, and you know, and it's all, it's all interwoven. But when you are reading pure and stuff, you can see exactly what's going on. You don't have to agree with it. Mm. But the, the hardest thing that comes from that is you can't change it either. Yep. You know, like you, if you, if, I was in the, if I could change things, I would.
0: So these, these days, though, you're not living with these creative free thinkers. You're not surrounded by people meditating 24 hours a day. So tell me, how old are you now? You're in your 50s, are you, Shane? Yep. yep. So tell me, you know, what's life in your 50s like now based upon these experiences you've had, you know, back in your early life? Living in the normal world.
1: Well, life for me now is I'm in a family life. I've got three kids, uh, wife, dog, cat, I'm paying off a mortgage. So I'm right in there with playing the game. Yeah. Because where I was is it was well and truly good and great what we were doing, but we were never it, was, it wasn't sustainable. Mm. We had to get in and play the game of life and, and we have to earn money and we have to, We've got responsibility. And but
0: do you still practice some of these sort of, you of know, course. vibrational plane things of like course. eating and meditation and but yoga? Of course, and, all yep. of it Yep.
1: in a family life. And
0: how do those things help you in your world, Shane?
1: Uh, they help me make decisions. They help me handle the world the way it is. I'm not going to answer like, this It's not Willy I? again. It's not Willy. <laughs> I better just... It's just, uh, I do a surf school now and uh, I have people call me that want to do surf lessons. Yeah, so tell us but about that. Yes. I, know, I know
0: you're looking after, you know, you look after a few pros, you do some yep. stuff with Kelly, you do some stuff with John John and, yep. and other people of, uh, of, of... I've
1: got a really good girl at the moment uh, as Talia Redgard. Yep. She's coming out of the amateur thing, just about to, she wants to go pro, she's good enough. Um, and what's your
0: role with these people? Are you working on, you know, um, surfing... Um, you I'm know, the coach. Yeah, but but, and I know that. But are you working on the normal stuff a coach would work on, i.e., oh, yeah, you know, bottom turn here and more power here and drive All there? That. Or are you, do you, you know, work some of your, you know, life skills and work mind some development of the magic. and yeah, Bringing you know, the magic. And spirituality and these things into?
1: I do, without them knowing it. Yeah. I'm very good at. They know now. <laughs> oh, they don't know now, man. They don't know. They know none of my history. Yeah. You know a lot of my history, which yeah. is great.
0: They m- they might listen to this show, though. Is what I meant. Right? Here oh, all.
1: they're all listening to this yeah. show, mate. The whole world is. Yeah. Uh, especially everyone on tour. Um, the what I teach is I do like to teach um, to help the mind, um, which is the psychology of everything, and. Um, like even these kids the other day, like I had 50 kids from a primary school teaching them how to to surf. Yeah. But after the class, I always give them a thing like love your parents, make sure you go and give your parents a big hug. Yeah. You know, they're the ones that have looked after you when you've been sick. Yeah. You know, tell them you love them. Everything I'd love my kids to just say tell, to tell, me.
0: Just tell me about the change in children. I, I love this topic because, mm. you know, you talk to any Waterman about, what the water represents to them and how they feel in the water. Tell me about you take a kid that, you know, might just go to the local public school, you know, plays, you know, computer games at home, enjoys a bit of basketball and wears, you know, Michael Jordan shoes. You take him down to Tellabudgera Creek down there, stick him on a paddleboard, take him out, let him ride that first wave. It just changes people, doesn't it?
1: It's surfing does. Seriously, it's yeah. there's nothing like it. There's just nothing like it. It is the best form of, of, just fun yeah you know it's pure fun and it's nature giving it to you yep and nature dishes it out too it'll flow if you with (laughs) surfing when you're on a spiritual wave with surfing yeah you realize sometimes you can go surfing you catch the best waves and you and you paddle out and you don't get touched on the way out Yep. but then sometimes you go out and you get completely flogged all your energy's been just smashed out of you You get out there, you can't find a wave, you can't buy a wave out there and things just aren't working right and you'll find, usually a surfer will say to himself, I'm doing something wrong. They'll spiritually say it to themselves, there's something I'm doing in my own life that I need to correct. And
0: seriously, I'll bring that back to Kelly Slater again because he's the person that I think of on that soul level. I've seen him before like... For anyone that's, that's listening now, Shane and I are sitting in his lounge room watching the, uh, the Fiji Pro, uh, which is on pause, obviously, but both of us have got our eyes glued, <laughs> glued to the telly. Yeah. But I've, I've seen Kelly win... And you remember that a couple of years ago, he won this comp and just like flogged everyone, do you know, and, uh, and I've seen him lose, you know, waves out there where, where he didn't even get a wave and he'll come in and say something like, I just wasn't working for me today. You know, uh, I wasn't in tune with the ocean. I wasn't in tune with, you know, um, the world, so to speak, you know, yeah. and these people, have, they, they seem to have that spiritual flow and that consistency of energetic flow and connection with nature
1: and it's really at all there all times it's really there yeah you know you could say everything you just said some people go oh man these guys are they're out there right but it's true yeah and it's true because there's millions of people experiencing this of course and not only in surfing you're sure that there's got to be people that are rock climbers divers that see beautiful fish on days and even in your own life you know some people who don't even live by the ocean and gotten that in their own life if they look at it and they go wow today just float hmm. you know got to work everything just everybody I spoke to got real good rhythm with people everything worked out got home made a great dinner cooked the dinner was fantastic Everything was just in the perfect flow. Those same guys, when you reflect and review on your life, you look back and you go, well, you know, today, today I went to work and couldn't, couldn't nail a deal and, yep. you know, I got home, I burnt, burnt the eggs and <laughs> the rice is stuck to the pot and, yep. you know, the taste is... You know, so you have those rhythms. It doesn't matter. You know, we, we see it through our surfing thing, but other people see that. That's so real. And people experience it all over the world, in every country, in every one of us beings. We experience that, that flow when we're in the flow, we're on that vibrational level where it's working. And then the the planets, so like if you start to do things wrong and you you know, start treating the planet or people with disrespect or start ruining things and stuff like that, the planet kicks you in the butt. It's called karma, Light. right? It's called karma,
0: mm. which is you another woo-woo, it. another woo-woo subject. I tell you what's yeah. funny, mate. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm known, uh, I guess, um, in the sciences. You know, and, and I, I find and look um, as much as I can for, you know, evidence-based and scientific, val- scientifically validated, you know, facts and proof around, you know, food and eating and diseases and disease treatment and and the like. But, you know, I'm also the first person, as people will know that. We'll just say that, you know, sometimes that stuff's not important. And sometimes there's just other things, things that aren't tactile, things that you can't put your finger on the pulse of Mm. that um, we need to sometimes look at. And sometimes you find people, um, you know, in the world who are just amazingly successful. Things seem to flow to them. They seem to get the girl. They seem to have the money. They seem to drive the car. Do you know what I mean? They seem to have the, you know, in inverted commas, Good luck, you know, and sometimes what you need to do is break those people down and start to work out, well, (laughs) what is it about them and what is it about me that is, you know, polar opposite, you know, and and hence why you're on the show today because, you know, in many ways you're an upstart, you know, like you upset that apple cart, you know, you were that, you know, strange dude on the strange diet doing the strange exercises and, and, you know, it takes something powerful to fly in the face of opposition, you know, because it's so much fucking easier to just do what everyone else is doing.
1: It so is. And everything you said there is right, you know, bullseye. Because when I did everything I did, I met up with so much resistance with yoga, with eating correctly. Like, why don't you just have a McDonald's hamburger and drink beer and get smashed like all of us and walk around with pimples all over you and, and think and be sick and feel sluggish, and why don't you just be like us? But there I am feeling energetic, bright, clear Mm. in the moment. And why I'm going, I'm not trading this for that. I can see where that is, but, you know, that resistance you're talking about, you know, with the yoga and being into that, you know, like the yoga, doing poses and standing on your head, and, you know, now everybody's doing yoga, like yoga and... And then eating correctly, like now everybody's into diet yeah. because they realize they're going to have heart attacks or just to feel better. Yeah. You know, guys used to say to me, well, you know, you, you're eating better. You're not going to live any longer. Hmm. And I go, well, it's not about how long I live. It's the quality of life while I'm here. Yep, yeah.
0: It's true. How true, yeah. you know. I can't say it any better myself, mate. And you're right that in this day and ages, people are becoming. There's more awareness, right? You know, what I mean, we've got this www. Dot thing, you know, that connects us all. We've got social media that you know, people are you know, constantly tapping on their phone to see what's happening on Facebook. There's sponsored ads everywhere you look. It's rubbed in your face these days and everyone's looking at I guess that that next leg up that that next thing and because there's so much competition and just using surfing as an example like it's, it's a competitive world now right getting onto the WSL like that's that's a hard gig yeah and so everyone's looking a at... real
1: hard gig they're traveling around the world surfing the best yeah, waves in buggers. the world everyone <laughs> every every waves film they can go back. they can catch a wave it can be the wave of the day the greatest wave they've had in their life and it's recorded yeah you know, all our ways that we had, all those moments there in memory. Precious,
0: exactly right, yeah. Where would you rather them? Probably both, eh? Hey? Well, on film and in memory?
1: Man, I tell you, I don't mind looking back on some footage good ways and just, you know, bringing back those great feelings. What's,
0: what's your favourite wave, Shane? Just for the, for the surfers listening, you've, you've travelled the world, right? Where do you love?
1: Jaws is my favourite wave.
0: Yeah.
1: That's, uh, why. You know, Oh, uh, it's just got everything. It's just giant. It's hollow. Yeah. Uh, it's got that, you know, it can, it's it got that fear factor. You, that remote It can feeling. kill you. Yeah. It's, uh, you've got to be on fire. Everything's got to be on high, you know, voltage yeah. to, to to handle it.
0: And let's get away from, you know, 30 foot plus waves. What's your favorite standard wave, you know, four, six foot sort of wave that anyone would surf?
1: Oh, I mean, I, I surf, I can go out in one foot surf. And guys go wow how's that you just go out in one foot wave and you come in like a frothing grom yeah you know at uh, any wave's good I like to surf like even today before we did this I was down the beach looking at one foot waves and saying mate if my brother and I were here we'd be going out there. we'd be ripping yeah we'd be out there yeah yeah wind you know, win, wind I need to be motivated maybe a bit more now I I surfed a lot alone when I was a kid I like to surf with friends now. Um, I'm really into design of the, like I'm designing all these new boards Mm -hmm. that ride different parts of the wave, but they're fast. Like I'm into designing boards that are like Lamborghinis they're just like Formula 1 racing cars they just go super fast in all situations.
0: The technology around surfing is really advancing isn't it? I know you've got the guys in there at Firewire that are you know doing these like blunted you know round nose things Mm. and you know surfing sort of come through that old you know um, handcrafted. Yeah single fin or you know Mark Richards kind of 20 era into like the thruster and then obviously the quad but there was like a real refinement around boards and now boards feel to me and correct me if I'm wrong but they feel like they're actually I know they're more refined but they they look like they're moving away from refinement. They're getting into sort of more, more into that flow, the way they work better on the wave and, 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 and I guess deal with the wave.
1: I like where surfing is right at the very moment. There's a lot of guys riding different equipment, mm. whereas we went through a period where everybody was trying to ride what the pros were riding and it didn't suit a guy who was a cruiser, yep. who just went across the wave and liked to feel the energy of the wave under his feet. Yep. Um, but the the boards today, they, because they're computerized, you can make... In those days, we were all making handcraft. And you go, oh, yeah, just make me a board like this one. Yeah. It was never like that one.
0: Yeah. You could never they're always make, different.
1: Never have two boards the same. Yeah. Whereas now, because they come off a computer, they it's never going to be the same because you've hand-finished them. Yep. And that, that hand-finishing of a board...
0: Changes the rail design and that kind of stuff. Changes the board yep.
1: slightly. It can change the board radically. Yeah. Um, but you can make a board very, very, have this very similar characteristics to it by doing it through a computer. So I kind of like that because being a designer, you can, and you talk about being scientific, science is actually, means that you keep doing the same thing, you keep getting the same results. That's what science actually, the the essence of science. So I actually love science. Like even when you talk about coaching and all that kind of thing, my coaching is very, very scientific. Yep. I use the same techniques that I get the same results. Predictable outcomes. You know, so, um, the, the, so... But where surfing is at the moment with the design is there's all these guys using all these different designs. I don't like the way that they've gone back to the 60s boards and 50s and 40s because mm. we've done that. Yep. I like the retro board that has the modern... Twist on it. Modern twist on yep. it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I don't like, because the, the old boards had problems. Yeah. We, we grew through those problems. If, if those boards were perfect, then we'd be riding them now. Mm, it's true. And I don't ride anything like what I used to ride, but I have some characteristics of what I rode when I very first stepped on a board.
0: How cool. Tell us, um, you know, where do we find Shane Horan these days, mate? I, um, you know, the reason I'll I'll give you the address, guys after the show, but, um, what's interesting for me and it's, this is getting back into that, um, you know, practical earthy kind of spirit of who Shane Horan is. Um, you know, I know that you're out there doing elite coaching and and stuff and, and, obviously coaching with people that aren't elite, but, the thing I love about you, Shane, and the stuff I want to share with our audience is that anyone can hop a plane to the Gold Coast airport and within fifteen minutes of that airport can be at Talabudjera Creek where on the weekends Shane's down there with his stand up paddleboarding school. And it's funny, I was down there, you know, yesterday, as you know, just watching you and your, you know, bright yellow, you know, long sleeve top and your yeah. big brimmed hat. Just being stoked to see, you know, people just yeah. You know, getting their technique or having a paddle. And then there was a guy yesterday that caught his first wave and you were stoked, you know. And you yeah. could see that connectivity and spirit between people sure. just, you know, connecting, you know. Like, yeah. tell us about that. What got you into stand-up paddle boards?
1: Well... Oh, stand-up paddleboards boards is, is a whole nother... Because surfers hate su- stand-up paddle boarders, right? <laughs> yeah, they, they do, and so do I. I, fucking, I hate those guys.
0: It's <laughs> only because they're getting all the waves.
1: Well, they've they, they got to learn to have some etiquette. Yeah, it's true. You know, they go out and just... Because they're standing on a four-inch thick board and they're out to sea and they can see the wave coming early yeah. and they catch
0: it. It's dominating. You it, know, yeah. we had
1: problems like this in the 60s and the 70s with guys who were... On skis with paddles, yeah, you know, and they were taking all the waves off everybody. Yep. And we're all going, hey, man, you got to share it out here. Wave for wave, you know, you have one wave, let's have the next wave, bang. But these guys just go and go and go. Etiquette's what, lost, though, right, in modern etiquette times? Etiquette is very, it's going out the window. I surfed the
0: past oh, a couple of weeks ago, mate, and you can only imagine the lack of etiquette out there, right?
1: Or I'm changing the etiquette. Nice. Right? I've been on a crusade for the past five years of changing the surfing etiquette. The surfing etiquette should be like it was in the 50s. Let's, let's bring back some good stuff from back there, not the designs, um, but let's bring back some of the surfing thing. Guys would go out in the water in the 50s, and they'd, there'd be six of them out in the water, and they'd all ride the same wave, and there'd be 10 sets go through with no one on them. Yeah. They had more fun yeah, riding connected. waves together. Absolutely. And somebody's come along, and they've just gone – no, nah, no. Nah, I want to ride a wave, and they've been aggressive. Yeah, fuck you. It's a very aggressive thought pattern to think that this wave, and it's nature given. No one owns it, mm. right? No one can say, "Hey, this wave's mine," which is what they do, right? Now I'm going. I'm on a crusade where let's share waves. Let's get on waves. The front guy gets out, and he gets going, or just starts hauling. Yeah. Right, and then the the guy behind it, he's got to start hauling too. And the guy behind can get as radical as he likes back there. He's the one, the guy deeper, he can start throwing it around. The other guys, they've just got to fit into the, and get out of his way and just keep riding. If we do that and we all start sharing waves and start going, hey, party wave, you know what a party wave is. I love a party wave. I teach all the kids party waves. Yeah. You know, and, and like earlier we were touching on some things with the kids and stuff like that, which I'll go back to now, which is, I teach the kids about anger management. Mm. You know, I go, you know, like I'm teaching surfing, but I'm teaching, you were talking about earlier, I'll go back to there because I've just flashed on it, but we were, I teach the kids about anger management, how to handle anger, how to relax, and and it's an emotion and it it, it will pass. It's like we're not angry now. We're not going to be, it comes, you guys just went surfing. How much fun was that? Mm. How do you feel? You feel great, don't you? But there'll be points where you do feel angry. Yep. and you've got to learn to so I help the kids on a spiritual level you're talking to how do, how do you bring that into your life today that spiritual teaching and that spiritual life that I that I live yep right is so I bring it into there and like and then what you just touched on then when when and it amazes me that you know I've been teaching for 35 years coaching and these guys come down like you saw the other day, and the guy rides his first wave.
0: Yeah.
1: And emo- and that's an um, it's a real emotion. It's not like I'm there going, oh, you know, like faking this thing. Yep. I'm stoked for guys to ride their first wave. I, I could tell. Mm. And it's a, it, it amazes me that after 35 years of, of doing this, that I'm still stoked about it. Yeah. And that's where I give thanks to surfing. I am so stoked in my life that I've found surfing. Yep. I could have easily been never found surfing i used to live in a place called petersham right yeah
0: it's in and the city isn't it like
1: way in a city yeah lots of bad stuff it's going Sydney on to, all, or, all around me my mum decides to move to the beach like when i'm 10 i started surfing when i was 10 yeah and she moves to the beach and that's how i found surfing yeah i could have easily never found surfing i give thanks to that all the time amen amen it's nice yeah it's
0: funny you talk about um um you know this attainment of you know um connection with the earth and, and all that kind of stuff but you know two ways of riding, riding a wave right the first is to allow the power generated by that wave to take you on a journey which would be the guy at the front of the party wave, right, that's kind of flying along and just having a great time, just, you know, rail to rail. And then, of course, we've got, you know, that dude in the pocket just snapping big rios and airs and, and all the rest of it, but, uh, which is, you know, basically harnessing the wave's energy, but creating his own forcing, you know, forcing that, that, that maneuver to happen. He's
1: imprinting his, his...
0: His own energy into yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's funny, though, for me, and I don't want to, you know, put words in anyone else's mouth, but for me, I always much prefer to see the power of someone using the wave's natural energy, i.e., oki Tom Carroll, Tom Curran, yeah. you know, or even John Beautiful. John. John John's popping the fucking twelve foot airs, but yeah. I'd much rather a big dirty layback, you know, after a barrel or something at a you know, backdoor pipe. Personally, yeah. I, I just love seeing that entunement with yeah. the wave Flow, and, and using that with it. exactly, you yeah. know, just like riding it perfectly without forcing yeah. it yeah do you know yeah what's your favorite kind of surfing what, what do you like to see
1: um i like it all you know i uh you know i don't like the little bit of the the too forced and too sticky and the, yeah. and it the, the, this doesn't flow with that i hate ugly style yeah. You know.
0: Tell uh, us about your style. You, what what were you known as? What, what was your style back in the day? You had a nice squats dance. I think they gave it a name, didn't
1: they? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, uh, my style is creative, yeah, uh, aggressive. Um I like to be I like to do different things on each wave.
0: Do you still surf that way now? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm still trying to find new things. I'm still finding new things. Um Right now, with what my surfing right now, I'm trying to get so far out there, uh, out on the shoulder, and be able to get out there. Because like, guys are all stuck in the pocket. Yep. I've done all the pocket stuff. I'm trying to get out there and then come back in really fast. Yeah. So I, I'm really into the like cut, love and the fast cutbacks. Yep. But I like to get right out there so that I can do this one arc where I feel like I'm coming around the corner like in a Formula 1 racing car. Yeah. And I really surf a lot like I'm in a racing car. Like I like to go around corners fast and the long lip lines really quick and I'm always trying to create speed and go fast.
0: And how does being in your 50s change your ability to surf this way, Shane? It's horrible.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, uh, so tell us the stuff that affects oh you these days you got joint
0: pain or you know like tight hammies or what's uh, going on
1: well I'm still loosening up I'm still loose and a lot, a lot of uh, you know I'm still doing the yoga yeah um, but what happens is you, when you're my age you fall and you get injured and it's horrible you just uh, so my mind I, I set up radical manoeuvres and I still do radical manoeuvres but if I fall in a radical manoeuvre, I can be out of the water for three months. Yeah. And I'm sore <laughs> all the time. So like, the mind and
0: the body aren't quite cooperating.
1: Oh, and you know what? But I've, I've made a pact with myself now is to try and pull it back a little bit so that I surf more. You yeah. know, if, if I'm injured, I can't surf. So I'm better off to surf less radical and more for me because I get stoked going surfing. It's one of my favourite things to do. Yep. So now I pull myself back slightly And I just run smoother, faster lines. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to do radical maneuvers. Although, like I said, I still do radical maneuvers. And that's where it's at. And I saw a guy in the water one day. He was like 70 years old. And he was catching all the best waves. And I went, I said, and then then I'm out there. I'm not hassling this old guy. I could go inside him and take the waves off him if I wanted to. But I saw this guy was in the groove. Yep. So, and that's how I surf too. I, I sort of share when I'm in the water. Mm. It's like, let's go, let's go together. <laughs> I'm
0: going surfing with you.
1: Yeah, well, that's how <laughs> I surf, mate. And I usually, I find ways with just me and a few friends and we share ways. And we, when I surf with mates, we drop on each other all the time. Yeah. And we do go behinds and we play together and have a ball, right? Yeah. Um, So... I've just lost my train of thought.
0: Then that's probably because you're watching telly. Yeah, we're, we're, we're
1: watching the. the <laughs> hey guys,
0: I'm I'm stunned. We're actually getting this quality of content out of Shankus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's sitting at home, you know, like in his uh, in his track. almost sitting back on the lounge, watching yeah. uh, watching what he's most passionate F- about.
1: FG Pro. Oh, I love it, mate. Live
0: and and just before the uh, just before we started the podcast. You gave us a really good uh, insight as to your uh, best Ray Warren skills of uh, of calling oh, a, right. of calling a wave, yeah. mate. So, yeah. so so in a moment, if you don't mind when you see a wave, I'll get you to... Uh, I'll jump on it. get you to call. So this is a heap between Coco Ho and uh, Bianca Batendug.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I don't even know how to pronounce her name. but I, yeah. I know, that's close enough to that, it. That
1: sounded good enough. Sounds a bit good here, to Here hear. we are, I'm here with Shannon, we're in the Fiji Pro and it looks like a nice set approaching the lineup, but the surfers aren't riding, so we... We can fill it up with. Um,
0: tell us a story, mate. Sing us a song. Tell you a Whatever.
1: story. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we're talking about surfing with sharing waves and having fun—that's the kind of surfing I do. Um, anyway, I was back on back back on this guy who's six seventy years old surfing, yep. and and I, and I've been driving past a lot of old guys and going, and they're out and they're getting the, they're, they're out of the water and they're getting dried and getting ready. Yep. And I, I just think, geez, I hope I'm 70.
0: And still I'm pumped that, and surfing. And I'm surfing. still
1: getting out of the water and getting dried. And here we go. Here we go. Is Which, it Coco Ho? That's Bianca. It, she's got a nice little turn. Here. No, you're right Coco. on. You, you take us through this, Shannon.
0: Come on, mate. Bottom turn. For, oh, she pulls off. The wave fizzles out. <laughs> Coco's back on her belly paddling back out again. She and is. Uh, she's in a combo situation, Look of things, with uh, only five minutes to go.
1: So, um, nice waves too. But uh, you know, like I see these old guys, and I just go, I hope I'm doing that when I'm, you know, when I'm that age. Yeah. And so I asked this guy, like this has been running for months. I've been seeing these guys and just hoping that it happens for me. And I go up to this guy in the water catching all the waves, and I said, I said, man, I said, how how, how do you keep going? You know, like because I know I have my injuries. I'm out and in, out in out. I said, how do you keep going? He goes. As long as you keep doing it, you'll keep doing it.
0: It's true. How true is that?
1: So that's the best advice out of everything that I've got at the moment. That was such a... As long as you keep doing it, you'll keep doing you'll it. You'll keep doing it. When you stop doing it, that's when you'll, you'll stop doing it. So. And,
0: and just, just a finishing part. Oh, here we go. Bianca's up. Rip us in. Go.
1: And Bianca, nice snap off the top, drives down the bottom, coming hard off the bottom. Here she is dropping into another section. She's coming hard off the bottom, tries to hit the top, snaps in the pocket. She's moving fast. She's going for another big move and drives down. Puts a lot of pressure on her back foot. She's back in behind the foam. She's taking it nice and easy here. She wants to get in. She's looking for a nice clean finish. Here we go, Coco Ho. Straight up, nice snap in the pocket. Throwing buckets of water. Sets up the next move. Big snap out of the top. Driving down the line, looking for big speed. She's looking to lay down another manoeuvre. Big smash out of the top. She's looking for a big one. Here it comes. It's hollowing out. She's going down to one of her favourite manoeuvres, the pig dog. Does drives big off the top to finish. She's finishing strong here. Another big move. This is looking like a great way for Coco Ho. She should take the lead with this wave. <laughs> Look out, Ronnie Blakey. And she's on nine point ten. She's in second place. I like it. Love and your they work. She only James. gave her six point three. She has got no chance of winning this heat. She's way behind. She's the other girl's got an eight point five, eight point three. Coco Ho has a six Four, three, but I think that last wave will come up in it's the It's all eights.
0: over. Mate, it's been awesome talking with Shannon, you, Shane. Fantastic, mate. Really appreciate the time. You've done your time.
1: study. You've worked out all that stuff. Good on you.
0: Thank you, mate. And, um,
1: well, hopefully, we help out a few people along the way.
0: Anyone that's around the uh, Gold Coast area or holidaying here, seriously, guys, You know, anyone that knows me well knows that I don't just um, prop people up for the sake of it. Uh, this is a completely uh, you know, cashless process for me. I'm not earning a cent doing these podcasts, and so I've got no need whatsoever to recommend people to come and see Shane. But if you guys want to be stoked on surfing, if you want to feel that feeling, that vibe, that flow that people feel and the stuff that sustains life for these surfers, get down to uh, Shane Horan, um Sub School. Go and have a wave, paddle on the lake. Seriously, mate, is that lake the most amazing, epic place? Seriously, it's, just, it's that fucking green that I walk down underneath the bridge some days. And, I, I, mate, I think I'm in like Tahiti or
1: something. I call it Tahiti all the time. That's freaky. I, I think it's just the most. It's the gold of the Gold Coast. It's one of the jewels in the crown here. Absolutely and, gorgeous. And hardly anybody know where it, they, Nobody knows where it is.
0: And yeah, well, I'll tell people, it's just off the back of the South Burley Hill, and it's exactly it's just spectacular. It As a matter of fact, I'll put, a, I'll put a picture on with this podcast so people can actually see the place and see where you're at. But it's, uh, you are a what a nice mate.
1: man Shannon is? He's trying to help me along. Good <laughs> on you, mate.
0: Not that you need it, mate. But anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time on... Thank you for listening to this episode of Caravan Conversations, proudly produced by PSE Supplements. To see more about the podcast, including notes from the episode, please visit
1: caravanconversations.com.